The scripture reading today is Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We're going to be blessed by part two of Searching for the True God by Dr. Jennings. This part two, with your permission and graciousness, I'll try to do part three and then part four. Um, the Bible's a big book, you know. Searching for God, part two, and the theme is we need to learn to know God in the good times so that when the difficult times come in our lives, we can know and trust that same God. We start out in Psalms 103 this morning, verse 3 to 4. By the way, next week I'll have printed for you a copy of last week's text, this week's text, and two weeks from now, those texts. So there'll be three lists of texts. Some of you told me you had a hard time writing them down. So anyway, I'll have that two weeks from the day when I speak again on Searching for the True God, Part 3. Psalms 103, 3 and 4. You know, there's a theme that goes all through this, and the Savior has put them there for our edification, for our comfort, for our deeper search of knowledge about God. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all, their, all our diseases. There it is again, who forgiveth all our iniquities. Verses 11 and 12, For as the heaven is higher than the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. Remember, in the Hebrew and in the Greek, when the Bible says fear, an equally good translation is reverence. That has helped me so much because the God that I'm trying to know, if I fear him in the sense that we use the word fear on the earth in our daily communications, I don't, I don't like that kind of God. But the Greek and the Hebrew translate it reverence. Oh, I can hang on to that. I can buy that one real easy. Um, so we have verse 12 then. As far as the east is from the west, west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. You think of a globe. This is east. This is west. If I move an inch, this moves an inch. It's always at the opposite side of the planet. Isn't that wonderful? Our God is so merciful. Verse, verse 17, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Is there anything left out? Everlasting to everlasting. Upon them that fear him, reverence him, and his righteousness unto the children's children. Oh, Solomon, what did you say? Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old... He will not depart from it. Psalms 136, 1. We could get lost in Psalms for a thousand sermons, couldn't we? 136, verse 1. Here's Laura's theme. I mentioned earlier she talks about joy all the time. Joy, joy, joy. It's really, Laura doesn't know it, but you see she preaches me these little sermons that I need so badly. And I, if I just open up my ears, I hear her talking about joy. 
O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth how long? Forever. Is there anything longer than forever? (laughs) I don't think so. Psalms 139. So many red marks in my Bible, I can't, I can't believe it. Psalms 139, we start with verse 7 to 10. Whether shall I go from thy spirit, or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. You see, I cannot get away from the Lord. He will follow me. He will knock on my heart's door until I give in. That's what he will do for us. Um, Psalms 139, verse 23. A page over. Beautiful words we've all heard, but shall we hear it again today for the first time? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. How many of us are willing to do that? Am I? Lord, help me, help me to do that. Open up my heart to the deepest motives, the deepest thoughts, deepest thoughts of all time in my own life. And say, God, come in. Take away the bad. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Here God is saying, I have everlasting life to give you. It's a gift. Come and take it. We have Psalms. We're going into Proverbs now. Proverbs 4.18. You know, I must say to you, I'm just scratching the surface of Scripture, obviously. It, not, even, not even scratching the surface. But these are the verses that have been so beautiful to us. Psalms, uh, Proverbs 4.18 But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more under the perfect day. I interpret that verse to mean we're pilgrims and sojourners on this earth. And God is pointing us to the everlasting kingdom, the eternal gates of the new Jerusalem. Proverbs 14, 12. Solomon certainly had every experience that we could even hope or dream to ever have. He started out as a godly man, lost his way, but in the end, in the end, he knew the Lord. 14.12, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Could it be more stark, more obvious to us? The Lord is presenting to us the fact that there's a great controversy and we need to choose. Proverbs 16.25 16.25 There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. He, he repeated it. He repeated it twice, did he not? Isaiah now 6, 1-5 here is a passage of scripture that has just um, kind of shocked me every time I, I read about it. Isaiah 6, 1 and onward. In the year that King Uzziah died, 
I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. There was very few men in Scripture that had this incredible thing happen to them. They saw the Lord in his temple, high and lifted up. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and twain he did fly. These are heavenly beings that that Isaiah is just trying to describe to us, and, and he can't quite do it. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And what does that words, what do those words remind you of? Revelation 18.1, the end of time, God's glory will fill the entire earth as the gospel goes around this planet just before Jesus comes. Verse 4, and the post of the door moved at the voices of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone. Here he is a prophet of God, and he calls him, just like Paul said, I am the chief of sinners. Isaiah is saying, then, then I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king." the Lord of hosts. When we truly see the Lord, if we're honest with ourselves, we can but cry out, O Lord, I am the chief of sinners. Then at that point, the Lord can do something with us. For I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Let's go on to Isaiah 11, 6 and 7. You know that Isaiah saying these incredible words to comfort the saints down through the, to the end of time. You know, the king, when he was finished with his, English, his earthly journey, put him in a log and sawed him in half. Back to Job. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Isaiah eleven six and 7. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed their young ones, shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. Isaiah's pointing us to the new earth, my friends, the new earth, that heavenly kingdom, where this is the little tiny word picture. I love word pictures in scripture. This is a little tiny word picture of what we have to look forward to. And verse 9 says, And they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. <laughs> oh my, does that send your mind just, just in a whirl to try to understand the deeper meanings of that? Yes, <laughs> Isaiah 25, verse 8, Isaiah 25, verse 8, and here we have a verse that the saints of all time from Abel, Abel onward through the Old Testament, rough and tumble times, into the church and the early church after Christ's death, into the dark ages, 
down to our time, the Protestant Reformation. He will swallow up death and victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all the faces. Where do you think John got that when he wrote that in Revelation? Wipe away tears from all faces, and the rebuke of his people shall be he take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken it. Then we have this beautiful verse, and it shall be said in that day, that is for the redeemed ones who have accepted Jesus as their Savior. And, he, and it shall be said in that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him and he will save us. I like to put in the words, This is my God. He has waited and I have waited for him and he will save me. And he will save us. This is the Lord. We've waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. We next go to Isaiah 35, 5, and 6. There's so many verses in between, but these are ones that kind of jump out at me. Isaiah 35, verse 5 and 6. And the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart. And the tongue of the dumb shall sing, for in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. I think of Evelyn's son who is blind. On that day he'll have new eyes. I think of a man that I work with who actually answers our telephone at the clinic. He is completely blind from birth, from the first few months of life. And he has a seeing eye dog. He walks two to three blocks to his home for dinner, lunch, I mean, comes back all the way with a seeing eye dog. He's never seen a red rose. He's never seen a hibiscus, never seen a papaya, never seen a kitten, never seen a puppy. But in that day, my Bible says, and the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and those that are deaf their ears will be unstopped. Let's go on to Isaiah 38. It said 38, 17, a beautiful verse. Behold, the peace I had, for peace I had great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption. For thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. So let's see, my sins are east and west, can't catch up with each other. Now they're behind God's back. Have you ever tried to look at something on your back? Can't do it. God's hiding them back there. Okay. <laughs> I love this verse. I love this verse. Isaiah forty, twenty-eight. Isaiah forty, twenty-eight. Onward. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth their strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Oh my. Oh my. Isaiah 41.10 Fear thou not, 
Every time I see this word in the Bible, I think of all the New Testament places where Jesus told the disciples, all those that he met, Mary from Magdala, all the rest of them, don't fear, fear thou not, don't be afraid. There's a bad devil out there, but don't be afraid. I'm more powerful than that evil one. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will uphold thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. My friends, if we're covered with that right hand, we have absolutely nothing, nothing to fear. Isaiah 42, 16. And I will bring the blind, here we have the blind again, by a way that they know not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. This verse has many word pictures in it. it certainly may, may apply to a blind person, but it even applies to me. Perhaps if I'm a Pharisee, God says, Dean, I will show you what is truth. Just open up to me. Fall down on your knees before me. And then when you see yourself as the worst sinner, then I can reach you. Then I can deal with you. Okay, Isaiah 43, 11. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Thinking of Paul on Mars Hill who told those precious people, you're worshiping a God that says to an unknown God, an unknown God. And here the Bible tells us, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Buddha, Hinduism, spiritualism, all the rest of the isms. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Isaiah forty-three, thirty-five. I'm sorry, Isaiah 44, 6. I'm sorry. 44, 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and besides me there is no God. Carrying on this theme, beside me there is no God. You know, John, the apostle, the last living disciple on Mount, on, on island of Patmos, certainly knew this verse. And the Holy Spirit in, invited him and asked him to say it again, John, say it again. Maybe they missed it in old Isaiah, so we've got to say it again. I am the first and I am the last, and besides me there is no God. Those words are repeated in Revelation, as we all know. Isaiah 45, verse 12. I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens and all the host that I have commanded. Pointing us back to creation, that God's in charge of everything. What reassurance. Isaiah 45, 18 and onward. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it, and he created it not in vain. 
He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord. Here we have the theme again. And there is none else. If you try to find another way to reach heaven and the golden shore, it's not there. Don't be foolish enough to look for it because it's not there. Isaiah 49, 16. Behold, this is a verse, friend, that if you're tempted to do anything that you feel your conscience tells you is against the will of God, oh, please, oh, please, I beg you, open your Bible and read Isaiah 49, 16. Behold. You know, that word behold is precious. In the New Testament, we so often mention verily, verilies. Jesus says, verily, verily. He says, wake up and listen. Well, here, the old prophet Isaiah says, behold. That word just gets you right away. It just grabs your soul and your emotions. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Our names are there. Remembering the song that was written, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Never forget Isaiah 49, 16, if you're ever tempted to do wrong. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, verses 3 to 7. These verses that every Christian knows, and it's so encouraging to realize that he formed us out of the dust of the ground, and yet he treasured us so much as his created beings that he came to save us and died on the tree. Verse 3, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. How could humanity do that? We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. How could we do that? Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet he did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed." When Jesus was on the cross, the blood going down to the very earth he created, it's a scene that can only bring tears to your soul. If it doesn't bring tears to your eyes, it can bring tears to your soul. And all we, like sheep, have gone astray. Let's remember Paul again. I am the chief of sinners. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now we know that the agony of the Jesus on the cross, the physical agony, we are told was nothing compared to the emotional agony of heart and soul and spirit and mind of the sins of the entire world on him, the Savior who was perfect in everything he did and thought. We go down to verse 10. Here's a verse that I've pondered so many times I can't count them and I still don't know that I understand it. 
yet I believe it because God tells me it was so. Yet, verse 50 of Isaiah 53, verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, and he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. What do the first few words mean? God, eternal Father, said it pleased him to bruise his son. How can this be? Away with the thought forever that there's an angry God, eternal God, and a loving Jesus Savior. Away with that. Because it says here that the eternal Father was pleased to bruise his son so that you and I might have eternal life. Lord, that is too wonderful for me. I can't, I can't fathom that. Yet it's true because it says it right here. Isaiah 55, 6 to 9. It just gets better, doesn't it? Seek ye the Lord. Here's the appeal. When we've just had those verses from Isaiah 53, here's the appeal. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. You see, one day he won't be there to be found because he's now a judge and there's a great white throne that's coming for all of us. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Let me ask you a question. Does that leave anybody out? I don't think so. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. You see, here the Lord's telling us, look, you're human and you have human thoughts. If somebody's injured you, you want to get them back. The Lord is saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, Dean. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isn't that beautiful? Oh my, oh my. That's Isaiah 50, 55, verse 6 to 9. Isaiah 66, 22 and 23. 66. Here we have a focus on the new earth again. Sixty-six, twenty-two and twenty-three. It's so good to pause in our daily busy lives and contemplate the new earth like we've read before. The lion and the bear, the lamb will be there together. They eat grass and they, they won't hurt each other. For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain you mean, God, you're going to know me up there? Among the millions, will you know me? My name will remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. Oh my, can you imagine in your spiritual mind's eye Friday evening vespers where Moses is going to speak. Next week it's Daniel. Next week it might be Albert. He's a saved by grace. Um, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. 
So we're going to have Sabbath worships. I kind of have an idea that every day will kind of be like a Sabbath up there. Jeremiah 10. Let's move over to Jeremiah 10, 12 and 13. Let's see what this old prophet had to say. You know the Lord allowed this prophet to go down into a dungeon, was there for years, down in the pit. I don't think it had a feather bed. I think it was a horrible place, but God allowed it. God allowed it. Um, Jeremiah 10, 12, and 13. He hath made the earth by his power. He hath established the world by his wisdom and hath stretched out the heavens by his discretion. When he uttereth his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens. So you mean, God, you can just speak and there's a firmament? Is that what you're telling me, God? <laughs> oh, my. Multitude of waters in the heavens, and he causeth the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. You mean, Lord, you've, you've ordained this thing of the mist to go up in the clouds, and then rain comes down later where it's needed? Oh, my. He maketh lightnings with rain. You mean, Lord, you had something to do with the lightning that we see? And bringeth forth the wind out of his treasures. What did he tell Nicodemus? The wind comes where it will and goes where it, you don't have any idea what's happening, Nicodemus. It comes and it goes. You don't even understand anything, Nicodemus, and you're a theologian of the highest order on earth. You don't even know how a man is born again, Nicodemus. Okay. Jeremiah 10. We're going to go to Jeremiah 29 now. Jeremiah 29, 13. Twenty nine thirteen, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Remember the verse in the New Testament that says those certain people were greater than the others because they searched the scriptures daily to see whether these things are so. Oh, you mean the Old Testament and the New Testament have common themes? Really? For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. This is verse 11. And they are thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. The expected end is the new earth, as I see it. So then I have to plug Job 13:15 into this, where it says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. But here it says, the thoughts I have towards you are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Oh, Lord, you mean you're telling me that you want me in your kingdom? And that's what your plan is, to get me into your kingdom. As weak and sinful as I am, oh, Lord, it's too wonderful for me. I, I don't understand, but I'll certainly accept it. And ye shall seek me and find me when you search for me. There's the key with all your heart. Jeremiah 31, 33. This verse takes me back to childhood. Oh, does it ever. My father... Thirty-one, thirty-three. Do I have it right here? Thirty-three, three. I'm sorry. Verse thirty-three, three. Um, I, uh, my father, 
in my opinion, was, was a great man. He forever and always was helping people. I mean, always and always forever helping people. He loved the youth of the church. He did everything for them. And this was one of his favorite verses. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me, and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things which you know not. Oh my. I recall another writer who said, the Lord has a thousand ways to help us of which we know nothing. Zero, nothing. The Lord has a thousand ways to help us of which we know nothing. And plug into that, the Bible verse that says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. There's a theme through our verses today about the great God that we love and serve. Let's go to Ezekiel 20, 12. We're, we're passing up more good verses than we're hitting on, but right now, Ezekiel 20, 12. Now it's pointing us to the new earth again. Ezekiel twenty twelve. Moreover, also I gave them my Sabbath to be a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord that sanctifies them. I am the Lord that sanctifies them. What does the word sanctify mean? To set apart for a holy purpose. Spreading this gospel, not only in our little circle of life, but to everybody across the ocean. Okay, Ezekiel twenty twelve. We have now Ezekiel twenty six thirty six. Twenty six. I'm sorry, that's not quite right. Is it twenty six? No, it's, it's. I'm sorry. We're going to go into the Old Testament now. I mean the the so called minor prophets, Zechariah four six. Zechariah four six. I don't like the term minor prophets. That term's been used for decades. There's some jewel Bible verses in these so-called minor prophets. So I'm not going to use that term. <laughs> Zechariah 4.6 Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. The same theme that Jeremiah had, the same theme that comes down to us all through the Old Testament. Okay, I wish now to go to, uh, we're, we're closing here, but I wish to go to Daniel 5, 6. And these verses um, are just outstanding. Tells about a man that chose the wrong way. And we've been talking about some verses here that where you have a fork in the road and you, God gives us this wonderful power of choice. This man, Belshazzar, didn't follow what his grandfather learned. Nebuchadnezzar was his grandfather, but he didn't, he didn't catch it. He didn't follow on. And these words, you know, he had a great feast. And this, in chapter 5 of Daniel, a great feast. And he brought out all the golden and silver vessels that he had taken, his grandfather had taken from the the, the, the worship services of Jerusalem from their temple. And he had them, but he brought them out for a big party, drinking wine, getting drunk, 
a horrible scene. And then this man found out that there is a God who lives and one day there is a judgment and we all face it. By the way, I can't help myself. When we talk about judgment, we always should remember John 5, 24, where it says, I can take myself beforehand to judgment. Learn to know Jesus now. Accept his forgiveness now. Accept his glorious invitation. Come unto me now. And then in that judgment, Jesus stands in my stead. He stands in my stead. I don't have to stand there because Jesus stands before me and says, look at my hands. This is what I did for this guy. And all of us the same. Um, So we have Daniel 5 here. And we come down to this verse 6. It's just one of the most astounding verses in Scripture. Then the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his loins were loosened. Can you get a picture? And his knees smote one against another. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been on an airplane that's doing the dippy-doos over the ocean? I've been there. And you wonder halfway between Hawaii and Los Angeles if you're going to come to Los Angeles. You just wonder about that. Um, anyway, this, this, this king who had all power, who could cut off somebody's head at the, just with a nod or with a finger pointing, he's gone. And this king, now his knees were knocking t- together. And Daniel came in and said, well, before he came in, you know, the hand on the wall of the palace. By the way, archaeologists have found that very palace in old Iraq. And you are found, you're weighed in the balances and found wanting. Oh, what, a, what, a, what, a, what words to hear. And that would be the words that the person that hasn't come to Jesus before the judgment will hear one day. You've been found in the balances and found wanting. Um, Daniel 5. Okay, let's go on to Daniel 12, 1 to 3. 12, 1 to 3. Here we have that mighty scene of the great white throne. And at that time shall Michael stand up. Actually, this is before the white throne. This is at the second coming of Jesus, Daniel 12, 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at the time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book What book is that? The book of life. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake and come to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness. Here's a verse that sort of tells us we ought to go share our faith that we have. As the stars forever and ever will be in eternity shining Because of our own goodness? No. Because of the glory that we've accepted from our Savior. But Michael shall stand up. Just heard a recent um, message from uh, Dwight Nelson that he feels very strongly, and I think we all do really, that that is happening right now. The judgment is going on right now. And we need to see that very, very clearly for our own souls. Well, let's turn on to Hosea 13, 14, the last few texts for this morning in the Old Testament here. Hosea 
13, 14, it tells us that the people that have been born again, like Nicodemus learned that midnight with Jesus, will be ransomed from the grave. It says it right there, will be ransomed from the grave. Amos 5.12, there's a clarion cry to us in this earth's last hour, prepare to meet thy God. We all meet God. The clarion cry from Amos is, prepare, prepare to meet thy God now. Um, then we go to Habakkuk 2.4. Again, we're in these, I'm going to call them tiny prophets, not not minor prophets, tiny prophets. Habakkuk 2.4 says this verse that, that started the Protestant Reformation along with Romans where it says the just shall live by faith. It's the only way to live, Jesus says. The just shall live by faith. Then we're going to go at last to, as we close this morning to Malachi 3.17. And can you believe... The Old Testament closes with words of incredible comfort. Um, But before we get to those final words, we're also reminded, lest we forget, that we do make a choice on this earth for God or for against him. It's that simple. And it says here in Malachi, first verse of chapter 4, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yes, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day that cometh shall burn them up. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. My friends, God also says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. You see, God isn't arbitrarily doing anything. He's given each of us a day of probation that we can choose to serve him and love him. And if it isn't about love, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Now, the last verse in this section is this one. Can you believe this wonderful invitation from the Lord? It's Malachi 3.17 as we close the Old Testament. Hear the words from the Lord to each one of us this morning, to our soul and our heart. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. He calls you jewels. He calls me a jewel. Sometimes I don't shine like one. And I I will not spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Um, And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. Don't you want to be a jewel? (laughs) Because we love him. You know, there's four or five places in the Bible that talks about the fact. I'll bring them to you next week, I think is the plan. Um, two, Two weeks from now. Where it says that every knee will bow before me. Old Testament, New Testament, all over the place. And our choice is, do we want to bow now before our creator? while we have the probation to do it. Because God says at the end of the thousand years before the great white throne, we are going to bow then. We will do it, whether we love God or not. Even Satan will bow and say, less Lord, you were right. So 
for me and my house, I have to say, we will do it now. We will serve the Lord. Thank you so much for listening. Father in heaven, the cleansing stream, we see, we see. I plunge and oh, it cleanseth me. Oh, praise the Lord, it cleanseth me. It cleanses me. Yes, it cleanses me. In Jesus' name, amen.